0: Morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida.
3: And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 5th, episode 2196. Oh my gosh, we was almost at 2200. This episode is brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World.
0: Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie,
1: guess what today is?
3: It's hump day.
1: What today is? Wednesday. 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 It
4: is. <laughs> That's right. It's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie, that girl Jennings, and Glenn, the geeky pony guy. Wednesday.
2: I get On today's show, we celebrate an incredible milestone for another HRN show in our horse health report. Dr. Marcella from the University of Florida discusses the symptoms and treatment of sweet itch. In a brand new Equine Business 101 segment, Equine Virtual Assistant April Hardman educates us on the importance of email lists and how to use them. And Glenn brings us a brand new edition of Crappy List Wednesday, so you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today... Today is Global Running Day, which is perfect because Glenn is starting us off by telling us about a very interesting
3: marathon. Remember what I say, if I'm running... You should run, too, because (laughs) someone's chasing me.
0: (laughs) Well, if if you would be in Wales this weekend, you would have horses chasing you. So remember, (laughs) every year we talk about the man versus horse marathon. Well, that happens this Saturday in Wales. 650 humans and five dozen horses racing against each other in the annual man versus horse marathon. It started in 1980 and according to race lore when a pair of pub patrons became involved in a barstool debate could distance serve as an equalizer to allow man to actually outrun a horse. The race has been contested 39 times since then, 22 miles over the Welsh countryside in a tiny town called, you want to give that one a try? Llandwerty well D- Wells.
3: Lenward Wells.
0: Lenward Wells.
3: Lend, I'm sure that is completely Welsh. <laughs> I'm sure different that's in
0: that. our, our best Welsh I don't accent. Speak
3: Welsh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a horse has won all but two of the times. All but two. Now, this year, the horses are going to have a challenge because there's this guy. His name, this guy is going to make you feel like a sloth. He's going to make you feel so lazy and so just out of shape. His name is Michael Wardian. And he has finished the Boston Marathon 18 times. He holds the world record for the fastest 50-kilometer run on a treadmill. How, oh, God, boring, how boring is, is that? that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, 50, that's 25 miles on a treadmill. This year, he has raced 631 miles across Israel in barely 10 days. He's twice competed seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. I'm so tired. Just the flying to get that done. And he holds the world record for that, too. This year, when he gets back to the United States, he decided to tack on three more marathons in three days, giving him yet another record, the fastest completion of 10 marathons in 10 days. Oh, and the most important thing is he holds the fastest mark for running a marathon while dressed as Spider-Man and also as Elvis. So there you go
3: i'm sorry uh, like <laughs> why are you doing is this is for like a conversation pe- like dude <laughs> yeah i mean i ro- ran three marathons in three days dressed as elvis so i'm pretty amazing and why would you want to do seven continents se- te- how is do it? you do seven
0: seven marathons that's 26 miles a day in seven continents how do you even get from continent to continent to get it done
3: i guess you sleep on the plane huh I guess I good lord that sounds terrible i don't even want to talk. so is this guy running uh, yeah he's something? running against
0: the horses so there's a chance <gasps> somebody horses... kick
3: him i don't know <laughs> i feel like he should be kicked
0: <laughs> he does make me feel a little bit lazy just saying oh
3: god i'm exhausted like i need to go back to bed after hearing that guy i'm exhausted
0: <laughs> well good luck he thought it would be fun to see if he could beat the horses so good luck michael have fun with that
3: good luck horses Okay, so I have two daily winnies and I, I have a serious one do I get and I have to a do one? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you know that was your daily winning. No, no, Carry no, on. Just, Here sorry. you go first.
0: Well, uh, we have a birthday, and that's Desiree from Smooth Stride Jeans, one of your sponsors, an auditor, and also one of your sponsors over at Retired Racehorse Radio. So happy birthday to Desiree. Also, congratulations to the Dressage Radio Show, to Reese and Philip. The Dressage Show last week turned 10 years old. It's the oldest running podcast about dressage in the world, and to give you some stats on it, they've done 500-plus episodes, over 750 guests. They've given over 1,000 training tips, over 1,250 sponsor spots over the years, and they have hundreds of uh, thousands of downloads from over 70 countries. And we want to thank Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit for, for their support. And, of course, they're the official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation. So congratulations to Whoa. those guys. Good job. Good job. Someday they'll catch up to us, maybe.
3: You know what? Though When they said... um when i got hired for this job it's like what are you guys going to talk about after two weeks is what chad said because we're just talking about horses they're just talking about
0: dressage, dressage. <laughs> 10 years and they
3: have over 500 <laughs> episodes in 10 years man there's a lot of stuff to talk about
0: <laughs> but that's a thousand training tips and just dressage that's crazy absolutely crazy
3: more leg add legs all right. So I've, i I kind of have two, uh, one is serious and one is funny. You want the serious one first? Sure. Okay. So this email I got really meant a lot to me and it came from Casey and she was saying that she had listened to Friday's show when I talked about how I invited the whole entire class to Lucas's birthday party. And she just wanted to thank me because she is the parent of a child who was excluded from a birthday party. One kid like gave everybody in the whole class invitations except for him. And he's like, why didn't I get an invitation? Because you're the Aww. bad kid. And um, they turns out he got diagnosed with some ADHD issues. And now he's on medication. He's a lot better. But this, they're having to change schools, basically, because of the stuff this kid has gone through. And I just wanted to, She said, so thank you. Uh, I just wanted to write this because this is my favorite line. People like you give me hope and humanity have a wonderful week. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. So I wrote her back and I said, I just wanted to let you know how much this email meant to me. What an amazing thing. And I'm so sorry that your kid went through this and people suck. And uh, I'm I'm sorry for the situation you're in. I was like, and by the way, I invited the whole class and guess how many came?
0: Five,
3: three, invite a class of 24 kids and three people came. And I think it's because there's a thousand
0: birthday parties.
3: (laughs) Well, no, I mean, there's a 24 birthday parties, you know, if people all have them. But the point is like we, I invite the whole class and only three people came, but that's okay. Lucas has still had fun. He said it was the best party he'd ever had. We did like water balloon toss and all that. It was really, really fun. Um, And it's just, I think the fact that I'm new, the parents don't know me. So poor guy, like he missed out on having a lot of kids come to the party and they missed coming out to the farm. And we had a blast. We had a bounce house in my arena and water balloon tosses There's still rubber water balloons in my arena. I keep finding. Um, <laughs> so it was really fun, but I get it Casey. I get it. So I just really wanted to thank her for
0: That's, sending me that. That is perfect. It's going to tie into my list in a bit here. I just out of curiosity, though, Jimmy, you've been to a million birthday parties. It seems like here lately, are there a lot of kids, or is it just a lot of birthday parties?
2: <laughs> Both. Both <yeah. laughs> I mean, honestly, like I think Jordan's last birthday party he had a he had a really good turnout. But one thing I just l- one little bit of advice is um, become friends with the parents on Facebook. And how I went about doing that is, and actually, I created um, even a little group so that Jordan's friend the parents of Jordan's friends can stay in touch. So one one little thing that I did was actually it was a slightly, slightly a business business play too. I took my business cards and I wrote on the back of them, like connect with me on Facebook. I'm Jordan's mom. And I handed them to Jordan. I said, pass this out to your friends and tell them to give them to your parents. And a lot of them did. And it's helped out with getting the invitations and stuff like that.
3: So. that's a great idea because I've, re- you know, we got here late. We moved in middle of the school year, you know, and a, a couple yeah, months after the, new the kid, school right? year, he's a yeah. new kid. Yeah. And well, he has like two super best friends and they both came Um, I never got to know any of the parents. And so I messaged the teacher. I'm like, Hey, I, can you give me a contact list of parents? I want to introduce myself and like, and they won't, they won't do that anymore. So I went to all the freaking class parties and everything. And you know what the problem is that I noticed is that all these parents of children in kindergarten are like freaking 24. And I'm God, I know grandma out here with his kid. Like, oh, that's nice that the grandma brought him to school today because it's the way it is here. It's weird. Anyway, so that was my thank you, Casey, for sending me that message. Anyway, next
2: daily women. You guys
0: are out of the demo for that, aren't you? Really? I didn't think about the fact that all the other parents are in their 20s.
2: Well, yeah, Glenn. Thank you for harping on right, that I just point. thought I'd bring we it both up. Really okay, appreciate good. it. No yeah,
3: problem. we were going to gloss past <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm here to help.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks. Next, Daily Winnie. <clears throat> I almost, I just, I almost need to hear the music again. I, I think I do.
0: It's uh, for me. Daily Winnie music.
3: Yeah, I need the Daily Winnie. Because <laughs> <sighs> I needed to separate. I'm actually getting sweaty. Uh About to talk
0: about this. Oh yes,
3: this daily Winnie goes. (laughs) Think I have an idea. (laughs) To me, and I'll tell you why. All I was doing—it was ten o'clock at night. I was walking outside just to make, actually, just to make sure the geese were okay and like in their little area. Harry Potter and Hermione are very. Very emotionally attached to us and they tend to sleep by the back door. And I tried to lock them over in a little place anyway. So I walk outside, just walked outside just to see if they were still over there. Ten feet, ten steps. One, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, 10 barefoot. It's grass. We have this light outside, one of those outdoor lights, and it's Halogen. So it's really bright. It's one of those security lights. It's on all the time. And um standing there surveying my property barefoot in my pajamas. And all of a sudden, I feel something go over the top of my foot and around my ankle. And it's it was slithering <laughs> over the top of my foot and around my ankle. I was standing there flat but Have you ever seen a 40-year-old woman do a nine-foot vertical <laughs> leap?
0: <laughs> Not a white one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well... If you'd had that on video, you would have submitted (laughs) it in some sort. I would have won the hundred thousand dollars on America's fun home videos because I nine foot vertical leaped into the air. And as I was suspended in the (laughs) air, I looked down and I saw it. It was not really thick, but it was really long and it was very like pencil like thin. So it was, I don't know. It was probably trying to murder me. And it was a snake. And I made it back into my kitchen. In it took me, you know, 10 steps to get out there. I think two steps. I think I hit the <laughs> ground twice before I like Spider-Man leapt onto my screen door. <laughs> oh my God! The screen Lucas was asleep. I'm home alone. I walk in the house. My pulse is coming on my eardrums. I I just had a snake freaking wrap itself around my ankle while I'm standing up for <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I, I was, I, I, you know what I did? I think you I, did
0: what an average human would do. What...
3: I walked over to my kitchen sink and put my leg under the water and washed my foot in my kitchen sink. Why? I don't know. It just, I just had to wash the snake off. I, I don't know. It was really terrifying. And that was two nights ago. And that night I still haven't recovered because that night I was laying there. and It was 10 o'clock. Remember I told you it was 10. You want know to time I went to bed? About three. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> not funny, but it's funny. I wish I'd had the video, though. God! That would have been great. The video would have been great. The
3: worst. That's the worst
0: thing.
2: Now, Jemmy, so you like
0: snakes. Would you have had the same reaction, or would you like picked it up and studied it?
2: Um. No, I would have had the same reaction. Okay. I like snakes when I'm first meeting them, and they're in a yeah. cage. And then <laughs> I know on, so that no, I nice can... I know how to reach in and grab them the right way. Like I don't want one on my foot when I'm not expecting it. No. Oh I would have done a leaf as well.
3: I, I mean, I love animals. I love snakes. I you know what? I thought I did actually. I'm really <laughs> I'm pretty tolerant of things. You know, if I see a bug in the house, I like scoop it up and set it free outside and let Orkin spray it later. Um <laughs> so.
0: So you weren't able to see in, in the te- two seconds that it took you to get back to the house what kind of snake it was, right?
3: I didn't I didn't ask. You didn't me. hang around? I didn't, I, you know, people were like, what kind was it? I don't know, because I didn't look. All I saw that it was like writhing it, around on the ground. Be, between and
0: Mary Kitzmiller and everybody else I'm seeing on my Facebook feed, does it seem like snakes are more prevalent this year? It's like, holy I cow. Don't,
3: I don't know. Do you know what? My father-in-law had the gall to say, you know what, Jamie? I actually saw a snake all uh, that afternoon. And I thought I probably should tell Jamie. <laughs> screaming out. Yeah. Thanks. It's snake time. <laughs> and you know what? I saw him later that day and he didn't say a damn word. Okay. <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you that I will not go outside at night without waiters on. I am wearing <laughs> waiters up to my armpits.
0: Okay, who you are. So you need a so suit of armor. You,
3: you can be cool with snakes and everything, but until one wraps itself around your ankle, you are not okay
0: with it. Yeah, because you don't have time to study the situation at that point. There's <laughs> so no study.
3: Well, he he's so cute. Oh, he's still there. Nope. That, that didn't happen. It was like, hey, I'm going to murder <laughs> you. Yeah, I would have been right
0: that now. way, too. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of snakes Mary had the one that was uh, above her front door wrapped around the light that was by the front door, looking at her when she came out. Oh That would God. freak me the hell out too. <laughs> Just like, I am. I'm no.
3: moving. what I'm moving to Hawaii no. <laughs> There's no Have you ever somewhere. picked a hay
0: bale up and had one underneath? A live one?:
3: Oh Jesus! don't tell me that. Come
0: on. Oh no, we, we really? had the, we had that a couple times. That ain't no fun either.
3: Oh, my God. Now I got to wear arm warmers <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Rubber gloves up to my elbow. All
0: right. So I have a list for you guys. It is Crappy List Wednesday, <laughs> and this kind of applies to what you were talking about before, and that's your son. Um, and so this actually, who posted this? <coughs> Reese posted this, Reese coffler Sandfield. It's kind of an old-fashioned list. That's why I want to talk to you guys about it. So you both have sons. They're both about the same age. We have one that's seven and one that's uh, five and a half, right? Um no, he's six. He just turned six, oh. remember? Oh. Birthday. Okay, yeah, all right. So, uh, seven and six. So now these were rules to teach your son. So these are things that you're supposed to teach your son. Although I think the list was kind of old-fashioned. And I want to see— Rule number
2: see... one, put the seat down. Rule number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if you guys think these are important, or are these just, uh, are these just not done anymore? is this something you're going to teach your sons or not okay so there's some interesting ones here one is never shake a man's hand sitting down so like that a guy's supposed to stand up are women supposed to stand up
2: uh i think it's situational i i usually always stand up i you know i think it's situational. i think in a
0: professional situation you should right Yeah, yeah definitely
2: I yeah, think it
3: depends on how bad my feet hurt. <laughs>
2: yeah, if you if I'm at a, am I, if I'm the bride at my wedding, I'm not necessarily standing up for
0: everybody. So,
2: but like I said, it's situational. <laughs> okay,
0: it. But Now, is that something you'll teach your son? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I love the next one. Don't enter the pool by the stairs. Is that just because you're going to look like a, a wimp?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're going to go in, go for it. That's yeah, what I think. In. That's what
0: it's saying is: dive in, be a man. <laughs>
3: I don't think Chad has ever entered our pool by using the stairs. And I always do. I'm always like, you know, I'll put my hands oh, on top of the water. Like, yeah. oh my God, it's so cold. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I can't. Jennifer's and he's just too. like kamikaze <laughs> in. I think you're right. I think this is right.
0: Okay. How about in a negotiation, never make the first offer. God, that is something to teach your kids.
3: That is something to teach everybody. Yes. I remember my last radio gig, I had an attorney present for the negotiation. And... that was not this one
0: people it was not this
3: one no this is different kind of money (laughs) um no i had a lawyer sitting with me and the program director said okay what are you guys wanting to get a year and i i I was instructed don't say anything yeah you know why the i knew the attorney he's like don't say just be quiet he's like i'll handle it and he goes you don't really expect us to answer that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> At the attorney then he was like, "No, of course not." All right, well, we've got this package. <laughs>
0: that's probably we the first know. thing you learned in lawyer school, isn't it, Debbie? Never make the first offer.
2: Eh, I don't remember much about lawyer school. <laughs> Carry on, God, you were a lawyer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number six, or, or the next one, when entrusted with the secret, keep it. God, that's tough for little oh, kids. Oh yeah. So, isn't it? Glenn, that's a big one. who
3: taught you that? Nobody nobody
0: <laughs> uh, this is what I didn't learn so uh, that's a tough one. Uh, we'll just pass that one.
3: it's um, like mm, should I tell people about it can I talk about that on the air? I'm mean, you're talking about <laughs> yeah, it on the air right now too late <laughs> like, if if I've told you, you can talk about it because I know better.
0: <laughs> uh, return a borrowed moving on return a borrowed car with a full tank of gas. Yes. And that includes uh borrowed lawnmowers, borrowed chainsaws, whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. always well, Except- I guess I should have returned my my son's dad's car with a full tank of gas when he let me borrow it to take uh my last adventure. You How's done? your
0: relationship? Yeah, you even worked. talked about doing that on the way home.
2: Probably should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I filled it up on the way up there. Doesn't that count? <laughs>
0: Thankfully, before we had to return that RV we took, they said, don't bother filling it up. We we got the gas. I was like, thank God. It would have cost us $300. This one, I have a little trouble with this one. And I think you'll see why. Play with passion or don't play at all. I think that can go overboard. We have too many parents who are like, have their kids out in sports and they just want them to go for all and it's win or nothing and I think that one's gone overboard lately.
2: Sometimes you just want to go have
0: fun. Yeah. I, 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 I
3: don't, like, are we talking about playing the well,
0: organized sports? Yeah, I, I, would the assume, action figures? I, I think we I think we could say organized <laughs> sports on this one because I just think it's gone overboard. Parents have gotten crazy with this.
3: Uh, Lucas is in a 5-and-under t-ball team uh, and let me tell you, Those parents take that seriously.
0: I'm like, where am I? Really? These kids are five. They put the ball on a pedestal and he whacks it. I mean.
3: Listen, Glenn, (laughs) you cannot take more than one base on an overthrow.
0: Glenn, the
2: T-ball leads to middle school, which leads to high school baseball, which leads to, you know, college ball,
3: which leads to the big leads. It starts with T-ball. It starts with (laughs) T-ball. Hello, and don't, Sorry. by God, don't let your kid take more than one based on an overthrow.
0: We years. I only that. did two years in Little League, because I sucked! <laughs> um, I did not play with passion, that is for sure. Uh, <laughs> if you need, oh, Jemmy, we can relate to this one, having been just on the beach. If you need music on the beach, you're missing the point. I kind of like that one. Because mm. it was so quiet, so beautiful that one night we went out and sat on the beach. Uh
2: See, again, this is one of those I think is situational. It's like, I, yeah, I totally get the meditative, you know, wanting to just be on the beach. And do, that's awesome. But then there's also the other side. Bring out a cooler, of beer. Yeah, and I
3: was, just, I was thinking like, put the tunes up. We're playing beach volleyball and we're drinking. Right? I'm watching beach volleyball. Let's be
0: real. <laughs> uh, All right. The next one is something you better teach her. Wait a minute, wait
3: a minute, Jamie. You have that vertical leap. You better be participating.
0: <laughs> That's true.
3: I might have a hidden skill.
0: <laughs> you marry the girl, you marry her family. God, teach him that one. That's <laughs> Glenn so true. Is
3: still reeling from the last. <laughs> That's so true. Uh,
0: all right. Never be afraid to ask out the best looking girl in the room. I never uh, <laughs> that one I think is a fantasy. Are you kidding me?
3: Let me tell you something. Who's the
0: confidence for that?
3: As the best looking girl in the room, usually I never got asked out. So I would say walk up to that girl and ask her out. Is that true? Ask her out. Yes, because people are too intimidated like you. I was always way too (laughs) pretty for boys to ask out. So that's why. That's why.
0: You
2: and I can relate. Yeah. Uh, so many levels.
0: So that's why you never got asked out yeah, but it never. I, I tell you, when I was a senior, finally about to graduate, I did ask out the best-looking girl, and she said yes, and I almost killed her in the car accident on the way home. So okay, yes.
3: That's not
2: the right It work
0: out real well for me. So.
3: <laughs> that's on yes. you. That's on you. <laughs> that's just your terrible driving. By the way, I was definitely not the prettiest girl I was thinking <laughs>
0: You were the that, horse girl. You never myself. got asked out because you were the horse girl.
3: That's what I tell myself is that, that I'm so pretty. That's why nobody asks me out. They're all intimidated by my beauty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my place, if I didn't get asked out, it'll have me crying over here. <laughs>
0: Let's move on. Okay, Let's the next on. one's kind of a mixed message. Uh, Deep scars. <laughs> never turn down a breath mint. But when that happens, you're you're saying to yourself every time, are they offering to be nice because they're having one, or do I need the breath mint?
3: Doesn't matter. Eat it. Yeah, it doesn't matter, eat it. that's why it says <laughs> right? never
0: turn down a breath mint. <laughs> Just <dig> it.
3: <laughs> Don't worry about it. Probably your breath stinks, to be honest. <laughs>
0: All right, here goes the next one, uh, and this is, applies to uh, your son. Just a little bit ago, eat lunch with the new kid. Aww. I think you had that conversation with Jojo not too long ago. I think I overheard that conversation. Eat lunch yeah, with the probably. new kid. Yeah, yeah,
2: probably sounds really sounds
0: like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I That's always important.
3: tell him about that. I'm like, if there's somebody, remember when you were the new guy? Go eat with the new guy. Go talk to the new guy.
0: Could end up being your best friend in life. Could be. The next one I don't think applies to kids. I don't know why this is in here, but it certainly applies to adults, and we have all failed at this miserably, all three of us, and everybody in the audience, too. After writing an angry email, read it carefully, then delete it.
2: <laughs> and delete it? Yes. <laughs> no, I re- read it carefully, make sure it
3: says exactly what I wanted to say, and then I hit send.
0: Yeah, that's my Jamie <laughs> really doesn't do. Myself. Jamie sent a few of those out.
3: <laughs> you know what? I, I did learn that, <clears throat> because I'll tell you why. Just recently, like less than two weeks ago i got an angry email from somebody and all i did was make a comment on a facebook post like hey yeah this is like an answer to it and i got a scathing email from somebody that don't say who it was too like they were just way too hyper emotional and when i got it i was like "Ooh, she shouldn't have sent that <laughs> 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 I was Like she's gonna be regretting sending that and one. Some of
0: those <laughs> that, that those angry emails, we if they're sent late at night, there's probably alcohol involved. Also, yeah. that doesn't help.
3: Either. Yeah, yeah, I just I I got that. I was like, oh, she's gonna regret that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I, I did learn from that. I was like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs>
0: now this one I don't think is true, but we'll see. Um, uh, this because I've seen Jemmy. I haven't seen Jamie so much, but I've seen Jemmy play games. Ask your mom to play a game with you. She won't let you win like dad. In other words, she'll be fair and play. And that
3: is you. the one million percent truth. <laughs> I will never. Oh really? Oh, I will never let him win a game.
1: Because then he it. turns
3: into a little dirtbag. He's like, I beat you. I beat you. You know what? Life <laughs> is going to hand you lemons. It's what you do with it that's going to matter. Has to earn it,
2: I want. Yes. Him, I want him to be working hard and say one day I'm going to beat mommy one day and then when he does he's going to feel really really good about himself it's never going to happen but one day <laughs> you two
0: old mean women jeez you know what
3: and what's funny is like Chad <laughs> lets him win at time. I was going like, to say
0: well I would too
3: why would you let him win he's going to have to learn like if they think that they just win every single time yeah, life is going to be really general, disappointing but,
0: but it's your It's apparently it's your old job to beat him down and then we have to bring him back up <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's true. I'll let that go. Here's the next one, too, and I am very interested in how what you guys are going to tell your kids about this on a serious note. Stand up to bullies, protect those bullied. Do you stand up to bullies? I never yes. did very well standing up to bullies. I yes. always got beat up in the bus. So,
4: I'm a bullied.
3: Um, Yes. So, yeah, my mantra in life is speak for those who can't speak for themselves and and the bullying goes the same way. You know what? If you get suspended because you were defending somebody, you're not going to get in trouble with me.
2: Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, when I, when I grew up, I was I, my brother bullied me all the time. And so I took that lesson into school and I made sure that nobody got bullied. I was always that girl who stood up, you know, put myself in between the bully and the kid. And I mean, I could tell you tons of stories. It's just always been something that's been in me. And so now, I everybody she is not thing. six
0: foot Amazon. She is a five foot oh, two. <laughs> you're scared of me, though, aren't you? Glenn? Yes, it. I am. <laughs> you are the perfect one to get in between. <laughs>
3: What is it, Kevin Hart, he does that segment on oh, where somebody, God. somebody, just, if somebody comes up to you like you're going to fight, start stretching. Right, like, act like you a like, ninja, act like a ninja, like you're, and then start stretching and then start acting like a ninja, and then they're, they're, they're like, oh, <clears> I'm
0: <throat> out. <laughs> yeah, but the real bully, while you're stretching, punches you in the face, so there's that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on roundhouse kicking when I get back up off the ground.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's the list i it was very interesting here you guys uh some of the answers surprised
3: me. <laughs> just know glenn we will not let you win at monopoly <laughs> it is not gonna, not gonna happen
0: but i can play chad he'll let me win
3: do you know chad that he, we were playing checkers the other day and he left a triple jump open and i was thinking should i take it hell yeah i'm gonna take it bam 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 Mothers
0: are cruel. (laughs) Mothers are cruel. Wow.
3: No, mothers are teachers. That's what we do. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Squashers of self esteem is what you are. (laughs) Right now at horselovers.com, they're not going to squash your self esteem. They're going to build it up with. Up to eighty percent off Weatherbeater products. That's right. Today is Weatherbeater Day. They got turnout blankets. They have a lot of their w- w- winter blankets that were left from the year below hundred dollars, by the way. So, you, so if you're look, if your horse, dist- it was a tough winter. If your horse destroyed their winter blanket last year, then you're going to want to go take a look for this year. They also have saddle pads. They have fly sheets. The sheets
3: with little bumblebees all over it. It's so cute. I
0: know. That one is cute. Um, <laughs> they have dog blankets. So if your dog destroyed his blanket this last year, then go get a new one of that. Uh, or those get a well. new
3: dog and get him a blanket.
0: Or, that's right. Or get a new dog. But uh, that's 80% off of Weatherbeater products. Have you bought anything lately, by the way?
3: Oh God, I, I told you, Jennifer oh, you sent out sheets. the $20 fly sheets and they had the belly guards and Duke needed a new one. So I bought two and because why would I pay shipping if I'm only going to buy one? So I bought two uh, because Dirac's needed, a, he needed a bigger one, let's be honest. So I bought those two and then I was like, well, if I'm going to pay shipping, I might as well get some more stuff. So yes, have you I ever, did.
0: They have an shop. auction section on there. I'm, I, I'm not even quite sure how it works. Have you ever done that?
3: I have never done that. I've, I'm, I'm afraid. It looks to like you I bid get there's too a, competitive. like an end
0: time and you bid just like on eBay and it apparently whatever price it is, you get it.
3: Yeah, I'm too competitive and I end up overpaying for things <laughs> because I'm like, I will get that. I will beat you. <laughs> It's like buying horses at an auction. I, I bid against myself. Like, ma'am, you already spent the $2,000. Yeah, you're the now. one you're that at should 2100. not be at the
0: auction. You should <laughs> not be at the auction.
3: No, it's terrible. No
0: self-discipline yeah. at all. Because I was looking on here. There's actually a men's jacket on here that would be that looks really nice, and it's only bid up to like 20 bucks. It's a Roper yeah, jacket. Yeah, you need that. I need oh, to check that. Out. i got to figure out how to do the auction thing. If any of our listeners have done the auction thing on, on horselovers.com, let me know. I want to know how that worked out. Um, but yeah, and then they also have their clearance section where they have a, just a little bit of everything. And I noticed a bunch of coarse steel bits on there right now as well. So mm-hmm. go to horse with a Z. Com. every day. You have to go because the sales change every single day. Did uh, you say,
2: oh, so, bits like obituaries or old no. bits?
0: They have all different kinds of bits.
2: Gotcha. Just checking. <laughs>
0: Not, no, not like, the. Like, why order. do we have obits not, up there now? Not obits. Kind of no. <laughs> <All> right, just <laughs> <check>. <laughs> Not selling obits. <laughs> all right. Uh, so our next segment is our horse health report, and Jennifer had a chance to catch up with Doctor Dr. Marcella from right here at the University of Florida in Gainesville, talking about something that we have a serious problem with right now across the country because it's been raining so much, and that's sweet itch, something that we deal with in Florida all the time. So let's... there's other
3: names for Swedish. So, what is another name for sweet itch? Because I've never had that, but is it rain rot? Rain Same rot. Thing? Um,
0: okay. You know any? I think sweet itch gets put into a lot uh, a lot of things. You know that are dermatological. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, you know, you have an itchy spot or mark that down, Jimmy. Spot. That's the
3: biggest word he's ever <laughs> I've ever
0: <said>. used. <laughs> yep. And then we're coming back. <laughs> we're going to talk uh, later in the show with April Hardiman, uh, and that is going to be our business segment. And we're talking about the importance of email lists for your business. Yes, there's still a thing. And apparently Jamie still opens hers from Horse Lovers and Tack of the Day. <laughs> so we'll be back.
4: So I'm, ha- I'm hanging out here this afternoon with Dr. Rosanna Marsala, and she is from the University of Florida. That's the vet school here in the state of Florida. It's the place to go in the state of Florida if you have issues with your horse. And an article that I saw on thehorse.com caught my eye, and Dr. Marcella had been doing some research into allergies. And one of the things that our horses are allergic to a lot is bug bites, particularly what a lot of us refer to as Swedish. So, Dr. Marcella, thanks for stopping by today.
1: You're very welcome.
4: You're going to help clear up some gray areas for a lot of us horse folks, because... Um, horses get itchy for a lot of reasons, and insect sensitivity is one of the common ones. Is that right?
1: Yes. Uh, in warm climates, like Florida, for example, insect allergy is by far the most common cause for allergies, and allergies are the most common cause for itch. So we see a lot of itchy horses.
4: A lot of itchy horses. So what is the most common biting insect that horses become allergic to?
1: Uh, the most common is culicoides, which is what people refer as, you know, mm, Swedish as a slang term. And it basically are these biting insects, very, very small that come out typically at sunset. Um, and they are the most common cause of hypersensitivity in horses. And these horses are very easy to identify because they rub their mane and tail, um, and so they have specific areas where they tend to be itchy. Um, So they have a very typical distribution of, of lesions. So this is very, very common, particularly in areas, you know, after there's been a bit of rain and there's standing water and so on, because cuticoitis needs standing water in order to thrive. Aha. So like, a,
4: like mosquitoes, you're going to find them in areas where you have standing water. Interesting.
1: Yes, so a an, nocium, so which is another term for culicoides, is, a, is an insect that doesn't travel long distances. So it stays very close to where there is an area of, of standing water, uh, like mosquitoes. And uh, but differently from mosquitoes, it's also a poor flyer. So it doesn't fly very well against the wind. So the the typical situation for an ocean to thrive is an area where basically there is moisture and there is no wind, which is North Central Florida, for example. You know, yeah, in the days you have this. Yeah. Hot, muggy days and no breeze and, you know, high humidity and lots of rain. And so you no know, are very, very common.
4: So when somebody has a horse that's itchy, he's been scratching his crest for several days now, but the weather has been cool. Why is it that our horses are scratching when we're not seeing any bugs? How does that work out?
1: Well, a variety of reasons. One is that uh, the allergic reaction built against the saliva of this insect triggers a different type of reaction. One is immediate, which is called type 1, and that occurs within 15 to 20 minutes. And then there is a delayed or late phase, which can occur hours after the the bite. Um, so typically, uh, you know, 12, 24 hours, 48 hours after the, the bite, and this is true for many insect allergies, including, for example, flea allergy in dogs. You know? uh, and so by the time you go and look, you don't see evidence of a bite, and you may think that your, your animal has some mental problems, but it's not the case. It's that the reaction is a delayed reaction. And then the other thing that frequently happens is that they develop secondary infections, Right, so that even when uh, the, the the bite is stopped, uh, then they if they have a secondary staph infection, that that's enough to keep them itchy, and that's sometimes one of the reasons for why some horses, the really bad ones, may stay symptomatic even after the weather changes, because they have accumulated enough infection, which needs to be treated.
4: So that's going to need to be treated. Separately from the hypersensitivity itself?
1: Right. So, the treatment in order to be successful needs to identify the different triggers for itch because itch is multifactorial and additive. Rarely you're just itchy for one reason, typically, you're itchy for multiple reasons, and there is a threshold. And so you need to identify as a clinician where the threshold is and what the important factors are. And most of the time, in order to be successful, uh, it's necessary to address the initial trigger, which in this case, let's say, is the inset bite, and the secondary consequences to this, which is typically the bacterial infection. If you do one without the other, typically you're not successful. So let's say if I just put fly spray, but this horse already has a a staph infection, just applying the the fly spray and preventing new bites is not enough to bring it below a threshold. Or if I just treat the infection, but I uh, I allow additional bites, that's not enough. So most of the time it's necessary to do multiple things in order to make them uh, comfortable.
4: So how, as a horse owner, how am I going to recognize the difference between a horse that has hypersensitivity and he's itching versus a horse that has hypersensitivity, he's itching, but he's also got a separate infection? Is there something visually that a horse owner could see, or is that something you need to test for?
1: (laughs) There's some clues. Okay. So typically, if you have scabby skin, that's a sign of infection. So, when people, let's say, you start massaging the mane of your horse and you see little uh, scabs and, you know, that you can pull with your fingernails and, you know, flaky skin, dandruff looking skin, that's infection. Okay. So. Okay, so that's basically very, very common. You can see in the main area, but sometimes they have it in the chest. Sometimes they have it um, on on their belly um, because they're like different species of culicoides and different species have preferred feeding sites. Some they go on the ventral midline, so on their belly in the center, you have all those scabs in the center. Um, sometimes they go on their legs, and so they have what people refer as scratches. Um, and so, But every time you see little scabs and uh, dandruff on, on the skin, it's because there is a staph infection. So that's a quick, easy thing for owners to realize that it's okay, there's something more to it. Then, of course, you can do tests, you can do cytology, but those are like visual clues. So if you have
4: flaky skin and or scabs, it's time to see your veterinarian and get serious about de- fixing the underlying vac- the underlying um, infection, because otherwise all the fly spray in the world is not going to help.
1: That's correct. uh, They they typically need additional help. And one thing that I guess owners can do while they're waiting to be seen is to uh, go and get some chloroxidine spray. So I want to say, and this is important, iodine is not a good choice. I know many times people use that. It's uh, something from the past. and so. But iodine is a poor choice as an antimicrobial. Uh, it's much better to select either a benzoyl peroxide shampoo or a chlorhexidine shampoo. And that's something very easy that owners can do. A matter of fact, if they own an allergic do- uh, horse, it's very good for them to have that shampoo available and they can wet the animal, apply the shampoo directly, wait 10 minutes and then rinse it. And that in itself is going to kill some staphylococcus and make it comfortable. So, and then of course, more- if more if someone wants to get these types
4: of shampoo, how would one recognize it? Or is that something they should get from their local veterinarian? Or can you buy it over the shelf?
1: So you, you will not find them at the feed store, if that's what you're asking. You can find them online. Of course, veterinarians have those and they have uh, typically like uh, products that have a better residual activity because they're not all created the same. For example, they've done studies at the chloroxidine for example you can have 10 different brands of chloroxidine and then some are better staying in solution than others and so typically the the products that the veterinarians would have are like you know the the ones that have been tested and so on but others you can find on I hate to say on the internet you know so you could uh, google you know chloroxidine shampoo for horses and you would have a, a variety of choices now, as a owner, you may not know which one is the better one, but at least you can get started while you're waiting to consult with your with your vet. But veterinarians do carry uh, this type of antimicrobial shampoos, and you will not be able to find them uh, over the counter in the average feed store.
4: So that's something. If you're a little bit unsure, at the very least, consult your veterinarian and get a brand name that you could buy over the counter would be a really Absolutely. smart solution there.
1: Absolutely. And then the other thing that i like to say is that uh, the, the pH and the, uh, of uh, horses' uh, skin is different from the one for human skin, and the same is true for dogs. So that is why it's important not to use a human product. Um, so it's as, as strange as it sounds, but the human products are harsher yeah, uh, Because, yes, because human skin is, is thicker, it's actually greasier. I know it makes no sense to us how so that could be. But for example, if I use a benzoyl peroxide shampoo, just to make a name, um, the human products are like 10%. 5% is what they call sensitive skin. But if I were to put that on a dog, I would irritate the skin, same as for a horse, because uh, animals need something like 2.5 percent so they need a much uh, milder product so i think it's very important for people to consult with their vet and get that knowledge rather than to assume that oh if it's good for people it's going to be good for my pet because it's not uh, typically it's not the case
4: well that's enlightening good to know now i'm going to have to go and call my veterinarian and say okay where what's 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 a good chlorhex and it's chlorhexidine not clorox right yes no no clorox i beg you no (laughs) chlorhexidine it's different so stay away from the betadine shampoo and go with a chlorhexidine active ingredient or benzoyl peroxide active ingredient yes got it okay so I'm i'm taking notes here so We've got that. We've got, the horse has got itchy spots and all the classic spots, but I don't have any flaky skin yet, or maybe I do have some flaky skin yet. Step one, periodically shampoo that horse with one of these products. Now, let's say your veterinarian is on vacation for the next 10 days and he can't come out. Um, Mm -hmm. How frequent might someone want to do this? Is there such a thing as giving them too many baths with this type of product?
1: Uh, Yes, it depends on the skin. Okay, I'll give you an example. So some of this product, like benzo is very drying. So if I am starting with a crusty, greasy horse, no problem. I could do this maybe every third day, every other day. But if the skin is already dry, then once a week, because if I do it more often, then it's too much. And you will know because once you are done with the shampoo, the the horse is going to be more itchy and the skin is going to be even more flaky, so more dry. And so the thing to do then at that point would be to use some conditioner. And the way you can do conditioner, you can either get some oatmeal product. You know there are many uh, option available. Options available. And uh, Or maybe even do uh, like a homemade uh, conditioner, having some uh, baby oil or some form of, you know, uh, humectant or moisturizer as a final rinse. Because basically dry skin is itchy. We all know that, right? So if you're drying the skin too much, that, you know, you make it worse than what it is. So it really depends on the condition of the skin. If people don't know, I would say once a week.
4: Okay. So once a week is mm-hmm. is a ballpark plus or minus depending yes. upon how dry your horse's skin. That makes sense though. Uh our our pony who tends to be sensitive to bug bites has naturally dry skin. He's just dry-skinned all the time. So we would have to be very careful not to do it too often again because and that's that's a good to, good to note because it would never have occurred to me that okay I gave him a I gave him a shampoo with a horse specific chlorhexidine shampoo. But golly now he's itchier it would never have occurred to me that oh maybe I'm doing this too much. So good to know. Now one final ingredient in this whole thing is I'd like to, to
1: add one more thing if go you ahead. allow me. So, For one, for your pony, you know, to use a oatmeal conditioner afterwards. And then importantly, I would like to for people to know, in humans as well as in animals, allergic skin is drier than normal skin. So that is why, for example, in people you have to be very careful what kind of detergent you use, what kind of soap, what kind of fabric and so on. Same is true for animals. So if your pony is prone to allergies, He is more likely to overreact to uh, things, you know, from the spray to the shampoo. So So it's very important to always use like hypoallergenic products. So this is kind of like a general rule. Good to know. See, again, just because my horse had an insect
4: hypersensitivity, it would not have occurred to me that he's likely to be more sensitive to other things. So now I'm going to have to take all that smelly shampoo and set it aside for the horses who don't have sensitivities and get some nice hypoallergenic stuff for Scooter. Now, one more ingredient to this whole puzzle is, okay, the horse is hypersensitive to these bugs. How can we help
1: discourage those bugs from biting them to begin with? well so a couple of things uh for one repellent and i like to point out that uh, there are several products out there they call themselves repellent but they're not Okay? And unfortunately for uh, the average owner, how would they know the difference? And that's once again, they need to get that information from their their vet. So I'll, I'll make it very simple. Most of the products out there are not strong enough to be repellent. They are insecticide, but not repellent. What's the difference? If I, an insecticide, it means that if a fly is on the horse and I soak that fly in the spray, it dies. That's an insecticide, so I kill it. But an allergic horse needs more. It needs for that fly not to land on the horse in the first place. So you need a repellent. In order to be a repellent, you need to have some characteristics, particularly to be a long-lasting repellent because many products can be uh, repellent for a very short period of time, so it basically becomes clinically relevant. I'll make an example. Clinically relevant would be something like, for the the life in Florida, it would be, for example, citronella. So, yes, it is a repellent in a sense, but unless you want to be there and spend the rest of your day spraying the source all the time, it may not be strong enough to make a dent in preventing bites. Okay, so same is true if I use some something that is very low percentage or pyrethrin or permethrin. It's an insecticide. It's not a repellent. And this is where I see a lot of frustration in horse owners because they're doing what they think. Is the best. They are applying the fly spray. They think that they're using a repellent, but they're not. So in order to be a repellent, you want something like a 1% permetron or a synthetic derivative so options, I, I, I hate to mention names, but just to help, so good options would be like TriTech or Endure. Those type of products are actually effective repellent, but they need to be used more often than what it says on the bottle in a place like Florida. Hmm? Because with the the moisture, the rain, the sweat and so on, they will not last the two weeks or three weeks that it says on the bottle. No. We need them not. more often. <laughs> right, right? So So, I mean, everything, again, this is an answer biased by the fact that I practice in Florida. I'm sure there are other parts of the country in which that could be sufficient. But in a challenging place like Florida, you need to go for the the, the stronger options and apply it generously every day. If people want to go botanical, neem oil is an effective repellent It's a repellent for mosquitoes. It's a repellent for nauseums. The other thing that helps is uh, management issues. So these insects are most active at night, from sunset to sunrise. So in an ideal world, which may not be feasible for most owners, the horse should be inside in front of a fan at night. Typically in Florida, it's the opposite. People Put the horses out at night right because it's cooler but that's also so right but if they do that then that's the time that they really need to load up on the fly spray because that's at the feeding time for the noceums right so if they cannot stay inside in front of a fan because again noceum is poor flyer, so if the horse is parked in front of a fan it's not getting the bites Uh, So if they are not inside, then they need to be sprayed at the time that they are turned out. Um, So that's one thing. Then the allergic horse should have the paddock the farthest away from standing water. So if there are multiple options on the farm, the allergic one the farthest away from any body of standing water. So these are like little things that can be done to minimize the bites.
4: Well, that's that's practical and, and very, very useful. The I didn't know the difference. I knew there was a difference between an insecticide and a repellent, but I only knew that, yes. that there was a difference because one re- label says one and one label says the other, and some labels say both. But apparently you, you need to pay close attention to the repellent
1: part. Yes. Read the, read the ingredients. So besides the name, because unfortunately there is not as strict of a control on what, what can be written on the bottle, but I encourage owners to read what there is. If it's something like 0.1% per, per, per return, 0.1% per meter, and that's okay for the average horse. So it's not okay for the allergic, it's not sufficient for the allergic horse. So I think there's a difference. One thing is how to do some general control of flies, you know, and that's okay. But if you own an allergic one, uh, you need to be above and beyond that. That's true for horses, true for dogs, and so on. So it's a different level of, of approach. And then one more suggestion that I found very helpful, and I want to say I have zero uh, stock of financial interest in any of these things that I am suggesting, but I can tell you out of my own experience, there is a machine, it's called Mosquito Magnet, that people can buy online, and you can put different attractants in it, and uh, you can basically attract mosquitoes or noceums and this and that. And if you are in an area that is absolutely loaded with it, I live on a river. Okay, oh, so my. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So it's, and with the you know, and then the river floods, and so there is wetland, and I I'll let you imagine what the summer looks like. So um, if you have these machines, and you can have the cordless ones, and position them close to the area that you want to clear, so that they w- kind of the insects will go toward the machine rather than feeding on your horses, uh, then you can over time uh, decrease the amount, the, the general burn of insects. So that's one thing that I encourage people to to consider and then lastly one thing that is frequently forgotten is the head so when when we spray horses we are good at spraying the body right the neck and the legs and so on but nobody sprays the head really very much so uh, and there are some species on those that like to feed on the face and the ears matter of fact I'm sure you've seen those allergic horses where they have a this crusty ears and that's mm-hmm. noseyam allergy as well. So I inco- I am not in support of fly masks because the fly mask basically traps the moisture, so horses sweat underneath. Or if they're turned out, then it rains in the middle of the day, and then it can the skin cannot dry up, it stays moist, and then they get infections so on. But what I encourage people to do is to get there are several spot-ons uh, with permethrin. That they can buy at this feed store, and that uh, you can apply this little pipette of concentrated permethrin in the poll area behind the ears, so that it doesn't drip in the front, and that will repel the insects from the face and the ears, and so that's a way to kind of like provide uh, uh, um, protection for that area. Because some some species of culicoides like to target the face.
4: Yes, we've all seen our horses standing around. We've all seen horses somewhere in the country. We're at a horse show or visiting friends or in your own backyard. The horse is standing there and he's got this little swarm of itsy-bitsy, tiny, flea-sized bugs buzzing around his head. Yes. Oh, that's irritating. Well, that's all very useful and very helpful information Dr. Marsala, for folks who have questions and want to follow along with your research, is there a place that they can contact you?
1: Yes, I uh, I am brave as much to give you my email address. <laughs> uh, so dorm is very visual, and so I encourage people to to connect if they have specific questions that they cannot be addressed with their local vet or for their local vet to uh, approach me. And it's my last name M A R S E L L A at U. F L like University of Florida. Dot edu. That's the best way to uh, to approach me. And if you can't remember that, because that's a lot of
4: letters to remember while you're driving down the road or cleaning stalls and listening to this show, if yes. you just go to the University
1: of Florida, you'll find her. Yes, that's how I found her. <laughs> yes, yes, University of Florida. So, uh, you know, I am housed in the small animal department, but I do see horses every Monday. And so if you go under dermatology and Marcella, so many times people spell it with a C, but it's an S, and then you'll find me. Very good. I've been there for a while. Well, thank
4: you very much, Dr. Marcella. This has been a fascinating uh, discussion, and thanks a lot for spending some time with me today.
0: You're very welcome. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for that uh, horse health report on this Wednesday. And now we head directly into our Equine Business 101 segment. We do this once a month with April Hardiman of Dream Virtual Assistant. Hi, April. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. So what part of the world are you in? You're not in Germany right now
5: nope i am in georgia now so visiting family while my husband's in the field so i'm here till august well that's so good. nice
0: well welcome welcome to uh, welcome back to this yeah. side of the pond and we're <laughs> yeah, in the same so time nice. zone which is weird
5: yeah i know <laughs> it threw me off
0: <laughs> so now you went to the american horse publications conference uh this past weekend how was it
5: it was amazing it was my first time going um it was just really cool that it was in um, Albuquerque, and just getting to know all the people that I have met online, and just meeting them in person finally, and um, especially with, like through all the social media platforms, um, and just meeting new faces, and it was just a blast. And the um, award ceremony was so much fun and i ended up winning the briar horse off the table so that was really cool <laughs>
0: there you go they always have uh, uh different centerpieces on the tables and you mm-hmm. got a briar this time good for you yep <laughs> the inner kid came out yes oh yeah it was awesome well now uh let's t- what are we talking about today where how, how are we going to help people today
5: uh, today we're talking about why your email lists are important and why they could be even more important than like your social media accounts.
0: So when we do these segments, we do these uh, basically to help people who run equine businesses of any sort, whether that's a boarding stable or you have another little business where you make stuff or you're a farrier or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's all kinds of equine businesses, right?
5: Yes, uh, absolutely. Okay, good.
0: Very good. Uh, and if you're are you wearing one of those mics that's on your uh headset? Uh,
5: yeah. Okay. Sorry. Hold Is it, it away from your noise? shirt a little bit yeah, just sorry. it's
0: rubbing your shirt.
5: <laughs> okay. All right, good.
0: So now let our email list. God, you know, we all thought they were going to be extinct about 10 years ago and that's right. not true.
5: No, absolutely not. Um you know, cuz email lists are still so some people don't even know like what the email lists are important for. So like businesses are gathering this for their visitors or customers to receive information, like either updates discounts and other details about their business, just like in a digital format. Um, Cause a lot of times with social media, they're always changing their algorithms um, and you have no c- control of what's going on with this. Um, so even like your social media campaigns or any SEO efforts, uh, can just pretty much be wasted on these platforms if the policies change. Um, and it's just been shown that, like, if you have your email list, you're going to have a lot more uh, click-through rates or people are going to actually click on your emails. And then if you have any links in those emails, you'll have a higher conversion rate. And it's shown that, like, six times more likely to get a higher click-through rate if they're clicking through your emails.
0: Is that right?
5: Yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they're saying, like, if you spend every $1 you spend on emails uh, for marketing, it's a return in $44. So. It's definitely a good effort to keep trying to grow your email list. It's not a dying thing just yet. We
0: we all bitch about the number of emails we get from everybody, right? Yes, absolutely. And I know there are certain emails that I do open, and then most of them I do not, um, whether they're from retailers or whoever. Uh, So, how, how, you know, I assume we're going to talk about what makes one want to open that email.
5: Yeah. So, yeah, you're definitely going to want to have that catchy, um, subtitle and you're gonna wanna make sure that you're either not sending out emails too much or like every time you are sending out an email that you are still the authoritative figure in that topic and that you're not just bogging them down with tons of information. Like
0: Travelocity, I think, sends me an email twenty five times a day. Oh, I know. I just subscribe. <laughs> I just subscribe through. I know. Emails, it's I like think. if I want to go on a trip, I will go to your website. Right, Thank you very right, much. Right. <laughs>
5: yeah. But if you're like a small local business, then you are you definitely want to just keep it straight to the point. Um, you know, this is what's going in there. You don't want to put too much fluff in there and then just kind of send them to other platforms that way. If they want to know more information, they can get to that information. I mean, you're definitely wanting them to send them back to your website for sure, because the two things that you own are your email list and your website. It's kind of silly to keep using social media platforms, uh, promote other social media platforms that. You know, could either die out or again, policies are changing.
0: Like MySpace.
5: Yes. <laughs> exactly like MySpace. <laughs> or like when uh, Facebook and Instagram, they just went down one day. So then like everybody that were running ads or doing all these crazy things, they couldn't access well, any of that information for a couple of days.
0: And let's be real. Facebook has put a kibosh on on business pages.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Unless you're paying now, you're not getting noticed. I mean, yeah. on our horses in the morning page, we have forty fifty thousand 50,000 on there. And we, we used to do a post and invariably we'd get thousands of responses and now nothing because yeah, well, it's yeah and they're
5: big on their facebook live now that's yeah. where all their promotions are going
0: to their facebook lives <laughs> yeah it definitely is true we did uh mm-hmm. we did more facebook live when we were on the last trip with jemmy for finding florida and mm-hmm. those have thousands of views yeah uh, oh yeah yeah so you're right about that
5: yep constantly changing those algorithms for sure Um, like I was saying, the email list is kind of like, uh, builds that credibility. Um, there's no ranking system. Um, and it's just very direct and personal. Um, and it's just, like I said, was, you know, you're building that authority, authoritative, um, you're in that topic. Um, like I was saying, you want to either be sending out those emails weekly or monthly, just depending on maybe you have a new post or maybe you have a new video out or even a new blog and you want to just like let your followers know what's going on. Um, you don't want to always be constantly selling to your email list. That'll definitely drop your email list for sure or not not have people click into it and they know if you're constantly selling to them. So I guess some ways that you can get started, there's a couple different systems. Um, there's like MailChimp, Constant Contact, ConvertKit. I mean, there's a million different types of um, systems that you can use. MailChimp usually is a really good way to start um, because they're freed up to so many subscribers and they pretty mu- they're pretty they constantly updating and um, doing fun things that they call tags where you can separate different demographics and if whether or not they've clicked on this type of email or they signed up for a certain email list or where they signed up for the email list. You can track all that now even in MailChimp. So that's yeah, we a big use deal. Mailchimp
0: actually. Mm-hmm. We used to use Constant Contact, and then uh, it just got too expensive, so we switched to Mailchimp. Yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. yeah. It seems that Mailchimp and ConvertKit is expensive, but that seems like the most popular one right now that I hear everybody talking about. Um, I use Mailchimp as well. And,
0: and to be honest, some of them that I looked at uh, just were too complicated. I was, I yeah. don't want to spend. I got to get the email out.
5: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. ConvertKit can definitely be a little complicated because there's all these automations and rules and stuff. So it takes a little bit to get used to it. But luckily, they have tons of information to, like, teach you how to get used to it. So that's a little helpful. Um, And a lot of things, a lot of times when you have your email list or you've used these systems now, you want to create, like, a setup, like, a welcome email um, or you can even do like a welcome email seg- uh, sequence. So like every few days a new email sends out either t- just kind of introducing yourself, what you're doing, and what type of emails you're going to be looking forward to. Um, so that way they're not just like, oh, I signed up for this email. I don't know if I'm ever going to get any information from this <laughs> person. Um, so in other ways to use your email list, like, um, like I was saying, you want to let them know about your new post, new video, or if you have a new freebie coming out, um, like an ebook or a checklist. Um, of course you can always share like a cool resource or a tip. And a lot of times a lot of people like to know some inspirational things or like a failure that you went through. Um, because we all like to know that you're human too (laughs) and that you make mistakes as well. Um, So
0: that's all mine would be. Are you kidding? (laughs) People would be depressed. (laughs) Uh,
5: So like how would now you want to know, Okay, now I know how to get an email list. Now I know how to get started. But how do I get people onto my email list or how do I grow with my email list? Um, The biggest way that people are doing it now is they have what they call a lead magnet or an opt in. So this is either that free workbook that I was talking about or a little quick ebook, um, either something to do with your business um, or you could have like a quick checklist. Like I have one um, for like what web pages you need for your website or I also have um, an instructional um, blog on how to get your brand started or um, just all different types of options for what you can do for a freebie. Um, and you just want to make sure this is like your core of your business, so something
0: related to your business for sure.
5: Um, and a lot of times, if you go onto websites, you kind of see a little pop up that pops up in front of oh, everything. Hate, by
0: the way, can I just uh, <laughs> say I'm opposed to those? I hate those things,
5: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And I always you're like trying to really read something and it just pops well, up, I, you it. know.
0: Horse Lovers does it too, and you know, I, we uh-huh. were doing their commercial today, and of course, I have to open the website and plump, <laughs> you know, every time.
5: <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because they always try to give you the discount or there's other websites. I know they'll give you the discount or they'll have the spinning wheel on the left side. And oh, now you're going to get 10% off on that email the, or on your order. Put in your email and you'll get the code. Um, but yeah, they have those little call to action buttons that pop up on your screen. Um, and a lot of them would just have, uh, what is suggested is just kind of have somewhere on each of your web pages like, um, just like a little call to action button either at the bottom or something, not something that pops up, but just somewhere around there that kind of gets them back to there. So just a couple options.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How There's often, you know, we try and we, we actually don't email cause we're not selling anything. So we mm-hmm. actually try not to email more than once a month. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're in, if you're in a a business, let's say you are a farrier or you're, you know, in any other kind of, uh, horse related business, do you have a recommendation? What do you tell your clients?
5: Um, for like a farrier, I would definitely say for them to grow their email list, they could either, um, send like tips on how to take care of your hoof, um, your horse's hoofs during, in between the sessions of when you're going to, um, get their shoes done or if they're getting a trimming um, but it's important for them to have their email list as, as well I mean like I said those are the two things they own is a website and their email list it's because like there's almost like a database and it kind of even shows them who their clients are like the demographics like and where they're located and it's giving them a lot more information just besides you know sending out emails to let them know things it's telling them more about their target client for sure.
0: And I know, you know, I worked for a couple of the major retailers in the industry, and, you know, we were, they had very sophisticated email. They had departments for it. Mm-hmm. That basically, what what are the things that need to go in the subject line to catch people's attention, especially horse people? Are there keywords? Are there, have you seen a trend? they open it more if it says, uh, uh, you know, a certain thing?
5: A lot of times um, now, you can even put emojis in your email uh, list. And a lot of times, I like to put a little email um, horse emoji in the beginning, and then I'll um, ask like an engaging question or something that just like really catches someone's eye. Like I'll even Google something that'll just be like, okay, what does what is trending right now or something, and pop it. And usually, they like to click on something that's been either in the news, something that you can relate to, something trending at the time. Uh, seems to be really hitting uh, with people opening up emails.
0: And there's certain words not to put in because are they still doing the blacklist thing? Or, are are uh, email companies still blacklisting for free? Uh, you know, words oh, like that yeah. in, in yeah, subject and, lines, uh, even like yeah,
5: yeah, just for free. Or um, a lot of times uh, they're just little thing. Every time they're just always a change of sure, sure of things are going on. Or if you put too many is or twos just those smaller words it seems like if it drags on too long then people are like okay and that's not catching my eye i'm just going to delete that or um not even open it
0: got it all right good well if people want to find out more about this or anything else involving running a bit the horse business where do they go
5: they can go to my website, uh, dreamvirtualassistant.com, and on all the social media platforms, I'm Dream Virtual Assistant as well.
0: And you had a freebie you were doing too. Yes, I have. Um, all the See, she practices that. what she preaches.
5: Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yep, I have um, a freebie on uh, what websites or what pages you need on your website and a checklist of all that.
0: Okay, good, cool. Very good. And so it's dreamvirtualassistant.com. Thank you so much for joining us, April. Well, that's it for today's show. Actually, Jemmy and Jamie have both vacated. They both left the building. They both had kid issues to deal with today. So I am here alone, all by myself. We'll be back tomorrow. We have the driving episode. Dr. Wendy and I recorded that earlier in the week. We have lots of good stuff for you, including a traditional Chinese medicine update and a look at uh, carriages and harness when you're going into the show ring. So we have a lot of things coming up on that. Get your ad. Adds in to Jennifer at com for really bad ads on Friday. So get that done. And we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. Don't forget that you can find all the past episodes of Horses in the Morning at morning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook, just like we talked about. And we actually do have an email list. We will not spam you very often. Matter of fact, I'm pretty bad about that. in didn't want to tell April. I'm really bad about sending out emails. i got to get better at that. And you can find all the shows on our app, iOS or Android. Just search for Horse Radio Network. We have 17 of them, and I think there's a soon to be one or two more. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Take care. We'll talk to you tomorrow.